Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uproot and Uplift, a podcast about healing from within. My name is Alyssa, your host. I am passionate about the healing journey for individuals and families. I truly believe that together, we can identify the sources of our deepest rooted conflicts and pain. Sharing our unique stories creates a powerful space to uplift ourselves and each other. I'm beyond thrilled that you're here. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. How do I even mother with mother hunger? A question I've asked myself many times. Welcome back. It's time to dive into part two of the Mother Hunger Experience episode series. Thank you for being here. If you haven't listened to my first episode, Discovering I Have Mother Hunger, I definitely suggest it for some context and clarity. I go into detail about defining author Kelly McDaniel's term, mother hunger, and my experience. It's pretty raw, vulnerable, and emotional, something I'd never imagined putting out there for others to hear, but also an episode I'm really proud of. Check it out if you'd like or not. You're in charge here. And hey, if you've already listened, I'm so grateful you're back. I'm pleased if you're here for the first time too. Let's get started. In the beginning, when my daughter was just a baby, I remember constantly thinking about how I'm supposed to mother this child when I didn't feel properly mothered myself. It's a legitimate dilemma. In the previous episode, I mentioned how I've had to cut off communication with my mother. This is painful for me every day. I can't tell you how often I wish I could call my mom and ask her for advice. I wish she could be an active part of my life and her granddaughters, but unfortunately, that's just not the case. I've accepted this, yet my heart still hurts. I crave that motherly love so badly. I will say that over the past few years, my confidence in myself and my mothering has grown immensely. It's almost like I had to prove to myself that I was a good enough mother and that I would never be like my mom. For a while, it was a lot of pressure. Now it's shifted into a positive and motivating aspect of my life. I take pride in my mothering. I know that I'm not a perfect mother at all, but I'm working really hard. So I'd like to share some ways to combat the inadequate and empty feelings of mothering with mother hunger that can help, that I've learned from the book, as well as some of my own personal experiences. And just know, I've only been a mother for a few years. I don't have a lot of experience being a mom, and I only have one child so far. My life is obviously different from other moms. It's easy to compare. My goal here is to start a conversation and work together as mothers to uplift each other regardless of age, how long you've been a mom, or how many kids you have. Let's start with two words, self-care. Since most of the time, it all starts with the newborn. Everything your baby needs, you need, just in different ways. You should be given time to rest. You should be fed. You should be nurtured. It seems like society has so many high expectations for mothers, but then expects that magically, after a few weeks, they're good to go back to work or complete all of these other tasks. Some people may bounce back sooner than others, which is completely fine. But for the mother who determines she needs more time to spend with her baby, or maybe she needs to just really be taking care of herself, we must acknowledge her and listen to her, 
especially for the mother with this gaping hole of mother hunger. Events like childbirth can be very stressful and even traumatic for mothers. Feeding the baby and keeping up with the baby's every need after a long, hard birthing process will take its toll. Regardless of the experience, if the birth went smoothly or was the worst thing the mother ever went through, that mother still needs care. As children age, this need for self-care never goes away. It just shifts. I'm a big advocate for mothers having a hobby or outlet for just themselves. Maybe this is a part-time job, a yoga class, a phone call with a friend while your kid watches a movie, or literally anything that allows mom a small break from kids. I know not everyone has this luxury. Maybe you're struggling as a single parent or you can't afford a babysitter. All of these are valid. Ultimately, it's up to the mother to ask for help. There are a lot of good people out there, people that might be willing to watch your kid for an hour for free, pick up your groceries, call you when you're sad, bring you soup when your whole family is sick. Don't do this alone. That's the next step. I was just listening to an episode of one of my favorite podcasts, The Dr. John Deloney Show. A caller was on the line talking to him about how his life did not look like he thought it would, and he wanted to know how he was supposed to grieve. Dr. John told him that grief is not an analytical process or something you can just check off. It takes time. It's something that, yes, can be intentional, but really without a set timeline or end date. I bring this up because even before mothers start their family, they have an idea of what their lives will look like, the gender of the baby, how many kids they will have, their extended family's involvement, the relationship with their partner, the list goes on. Most of the time, life does not go how we planned. And because of that, we grieve, maybe without even knowing. And if you have mother hunger, you're most likely dealing with disenfranchised grief. I talked about this a lot last episode. This grief needs a place to be recognized and uprooted. And most important of all, as Dr. John mentions, having the ability to grieve with someone else If you feel like there's no one safe you can talk to, then I would suggest you at least write down your feelings or talk them out to yourself. Even better, talk about them with God. I'm a firm believer in the power of prayer. Prayer opens up communication with our Creator, the one who loves us the most, more than we can ever imagine. Number three, stop putting so much pressure on yourself. For me personally, even while I read the Mother Hunger book, And Kelly McDaniel pleads that she really wants this book to be read from the perspective of a daughter. I felt a lot of pressure and guilt about the kind of mother I am versus the one I strive to be. In the past, I held myself to a very unrealistic standard of perfection in mothering, which I now know was a way to overcompensate for what I was missing as a child. Pressure to not fail your children is intense when you're struggling with mother hunger. I felt it all the time. I still do sometimes. However, I started giving myself more grace and leniency, admitting to myself that I'm not a perfect mother, nor will I ever be. I say it a lot. I've already said it before on this episode. All while knowing I'm actively trying and doing my best. Unnecessary pressure only makes things worse. Acknowledge that you have some serious hurt from your childhood and that it bleeds into your mothering. That's okay. 
and that's normal. We all have moments in parenting that we regret. But the coolest part about this is that we can make repairs almost instantly. We have the opportunity to break the mother hunger cycle. Sure, it seems like a big weight to carry, but really it's simple. Once you've established that you have mother hunger and it's basically impacted everything you do, you're halfway there. Fourth, your child and or children love you, need you, and can help you. Let them. I want to share a special personal experience I had with my three-year-old daughter the other night as I was putting her to bed. She was really struggling and didn't want me to leave her room. Some nights bedtime is harder than others, and it was one of those nights. She wanted me to stay by her side and tell her a story and another story and another story, and like she puts it, Mommy, please tell me one more last story. Tears welled up and streamed down her little cheeks, and this cry was different. She was weeping, and I could feel her pain. I started to cry as I kept reassuring her that I will always be here for her. We embraced, and I could see how my crying made her uncomfortable because she just cares so much about my well-being. She put her arm around me, pulled me towards her this time, and said, I will always be here for you. I then began to weep too. There are moments as a mother that are so incredibly challenging and difficult. And then there are moments like these, moments where your toddler takes care of you and comforts you. Moments when your fifth grader makes you soup when you're sick. Moments when your teenager cries in your arms and lets you hold her once again, like she's a little child. Creating this mutual realm of love and restoration allows for chains of mother hunger to be broken and no longer transmitted. It's amazing, really. I can't tell you how many special little moments like these have reignited the fire inside myself to heal and to continue to heal. Because not only do I want to heal, but my daughter wants me to heal too. Lastly, number five, prioritize your personal healing journey. You can pat yourself on the back that you've discovered and acknowledged your mother hunger. Seriously, now you are truly ready to heal. But healing is not easy, especially if you have third-degree mother hunger. But please, don't let this scare you. Seriously, you can heal. You're not alone. I imagine there are so many other women out there who have this type of mother hunger too. And this is an exciting and empowering time. For me personally, it's been a roller coaster of ups, downs, turns, and flips I didn't see coming. But I will take being confident in myself as a mother any day over the insecure and pressured feelings that previously all encompassed me. Do these feelings still arise at times? Of course. I just no longer allow them to take the driver's seat. The healing journey is unique and different for every individual. It's incredible to witness the personal transformation and most importantly, to understand that it's possible. Healing is a beautiful opportunity to break free from the victim mentality that shackles you. If you're constantly a victim, constantly blaming your mother, you won't heal. You'll continue to fall short, take steps backwards and suffer. 
The goal here is to acknowledge the deep, agonizing pain that stems from the mother wound and then allow that to set you free and propel you toward more secure relationships and happiness you can't even imagine. There are many ways you can heal. Trauma work, exercise, therapy, mental health, retreats, yoga, reading spiritual books, and much, much more. You get to choose, and it can be exciting and, of course, scary. But I want you to know that you deserve to be healthy and happy. You deserve secure relationships, laughter, joy, and confidence in yourself as a mother, parent, friend, partner, and human being. You are enough. Please join me for the final episode of the series where I tell my story of how my mom died and came back to life. Thank you for listening.